Welcome to the Recruiting Gym podcast. Recruiting Gym is the home of learning for recruiters. Our goal is to help you place more candidates more consistently. In this podcast, we're meeting Ben Browning. Ben is the training manager for Venn Group within the United Kingdom. And he's super passionate about the power and the value of face-to-face meetings in recruitment today. Now, some people would say, well, surely it's all social media and email. And yep, they're really important tools. But I, along with Ben, am a really big believer that human interaction in recruitment is still a value. Not only does it help us serve our clients better, but it also helps us build a better relationship with candidates that helps us serve them long term rather than just for this vacancy. We hope you enjoy Ben's passion and enthusiasm for the industry. We hope to see you in the recruiting gym where you can ask questions online to follow up from what you heard in the podcast. So you can find us at recruitinggym.com. Welcome to another Recruiting Gym podcast. Today, we're interviewing Ben Browning from Ven Group. And Ven Group, historically, have always had a fantastic training team and developed fantastic people. When I was head of training uh, at Robert Half, you know, I love it when we got someone join the team from Ven because they were always not only well-trained, but fantastic human beings because of the collaborative nature of their business. So uh, we've got Ben Browning here today. He's their training manager. And we're talking about the role of face-to-face meetings in today's recruitment world. Does it still have a place? Uh, Does there a difference between face-to-face and Zoom? And how do we go about actually booking meetings and getting the most from them? So Ben, welcome to the recruiting gym. Thank you, Alex. A total pleasure to be here and um, looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's good. Um, I, I, the way we connected today was through a post you put on LinkedIn, uh, basically espousing the benefits of, uh, of face-to-face meetings in today's world. Uh, what what yeah. was it that prompted you to, to, to make that post? Yeah, I guess there's a couple of things. I, I kind of, every single day, I'm thinking about the challenges that I faced as a recruiter and the recruiters in the industry face, but also um, drawing from my experience as a client and the meetings that I agreed to go on with people who wanted to recruit for the businesses that I worked for as an internal recruiter. And a couple of things really stand out. A couple of things that um, remain true even in an increasingly digitally dependent world. I've got a one-year-old son and every weekend we'll do um, FaceTime calls with mum and auntie and uh, sorry, with my my mum and and my son's auntie and uh, and they'll dial in and we'll, we'll, we'll have a conversation. And it really got me thinking about, okay, this is important. This FaceTime, this, this kind of uh, spending time face-to-face with people remains important and is increasingly important in my personal life. So what does that mean for our clients? Are our clients getting more distant from us? The other aspect of this is more and more I'm hearing consultants say, I want to use more social media. I don't want to use the phone so much because my clients aren't responding that well to that. So it feels like in some ways clients are retracting from us. They're pulling away from us. There's a greater distance being created. And I still feel that there's a huge amount of ground that we can make in face-to-face meetings, but they're becoming more and more challenging to book. Absolutely. And I think uh, the world is becoming more digital and it's, and it's, and and I think the, 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 there's definitely more reluctance around using the phone. Uh, I've got a millennial in my team uh, myself. And, and I think what, what, what I've come down to is that the reluctance to use the phone isn't necessarily they're scared of it. It's just they're not used to it. 
mm-hmm. I don't know how old you are, Ben, so I won't, I won't ask you to share, but in my day, the only way you got to speak to your friends was either knocking on their door and getting past their mum or dad as the gatekeeper, uh, or ringing them up and getting past the mum or dad as the gatekeeper. And that was the day where you were paying per minute on the phone call. So you got used to like the, the, the answers to most things in life came from knocking on a door and picking up the phone. And in today's world, the phone has a different place. If I've got a problem or a challenge, I'm more likely to tap uh, than I am sort of dial, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Equally, part of that seems to me to be a lot of the time consultants, it's not necessarily just to do with the medium. It's not necessarily just to do with the phone, but actually it's a lot to do with the message. And this comes right back to this idea of the, the, the kind of the essence behind the post which was if we're going to book a meeting with a client we have two default settings number one is we're looking to reduce the value uh, reduce the cost so we're going to say this is going to be quick it's going to be easy it won't hurt you i'll buy you a coffee and it'll will will it'd be great to put a face to a name and and it'd be lovely to to spend some time together or we increase the value and there are techniques around that and specifics around that that change the dynamic and what we find is the clients are actually much more likely to agree to a meeting when you really convey the value rather than when you reduce the price yeah and we'll talk more about that in a minute because i think you've got some interesting interesting comments on that so so let, let let's start first first and foremost with uh, with the first question mm. does faith do face-to-face meetings have a role to play in a in a modern recruiters modern recruiters life for me, that comes down to a question of what you're looking to receive from the client. So I work with two triangles. There's a, a pyramid which is stacked on the things that I want to get from my client. Ultimately, of course, I'm targeted on winning their money. But in order to make good money and successful and consistent money in recruitment, you need your client's trust. And then the stack above that in our first triangle is that in order to get that trust, I need some time with them. So meetings sit in that gap around sort of somewhere between time and trust. Meetings are a fantastic way to convert time with your client into a greater level of trust. So when I work with consultants, I get them really clearly focused on what is my objective in this moment? Is it to secure their money? Is it to secure their trust? Or is it to secure their time? And each three, each one of those has a different kind of counterpart. The second triangle is, well, if I want more time with my client, then I will share better information with them. If I want more trust from my client, then I need to improve my service. And if I want my client's money, then I need to provide them with a better solution to their immediate problem in terms of their vacancy. But as we know, in recruitment, a lot of the time there's no vacancy to fill, but there's still a trust gap to cross. And I can see as a trainer, you're just gagging to have a whiteboard behind you now to describe those triangles in there. So, uh, and, and I think you explained that, that, that really well. And, I, and I, I probably haven't thought of it that way before, but this, the understanding what you're trying to get from it, but also what you're trying to give them. And I think a lot of recruiters that I see, and I think the, the, the recession didn't commoditize recruitment so much, and it sort of, stripped out so much of the history of recruitment it just came about work in every job is that it's about deepening that understanding uh, of of the client it's about really improving the match and i think the way you sell a visit as a client i'd probably buy it 
But I think a lot of recruiters have lost the habit or the art has been lost of like, what is the benefit to the client of meeting? You know, and a lot of recruiters have just fallen into a trap of they go, they get told the job spec and they write an org chart and they leave. Uh, and normally it's the first, just the first one. And there's, they can't tell the client why they actually benefit from that, from that face-to-face meeting. And, and for me, is it's, it's, it's about what does a client want from the recruitment process? You know, what don't they want from the recruitment process? And especially if you're looking to offer a higher value service and you want to escape that sort of race to the bottom. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in, when I started in recruitment, meeting a client face-to-face didn't mean you could justify why you charge more. You know, but, but in today's world, I know I've, I work with agencies and they haven't met a human being for years. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's not recruitment, but reality is just a different type of recruitment. Yeah, absolutely. And everything gets commoditized. And I think that it's really interesting you call it a race to the bottom. If we go back to those two triangles, the idea that on the one side, we've got the product that we provide to our clients. On the other side, we've got the money that we're looking to take from them. Actually, those two for me sit at the bottom of the triangles. And the, the reason they're at the bottom, and the, when we talk about this race to the bottom, I, I kind of visualize a client wanting to keep that conversation to price and product. They're incentivized to keep that conversation to price and product because whilst they might tell you, and they will tell us, that budget is really tight and that they can't afford recruitment's too expensive and all the rest of it, they're more prepared to give you their money than they are to give you their trust. So as recruiters, we get into this trap of price versus product and price and product, and we have that conversation because it's where our clients want us to be, but it's a trap because it stops us from building up to levels of greater levels of trust and greater levels of time. And if you look at that trusted advisor relationship status that lots of people, both inside and outside of recruitment, when you when you start looking at what great salespeople want from their clients, we hear that phrase, trusted advisor, to win that level of trust, win that level of time, to position yourself in that way without face-to-face meetings, or at least without using that time effectively becomes a real challenge. Transactional recruiters, have I done business? Have I uh, worked with people who don't trust me? I almost certainly have. They don't have to. They only pay me when they've made their decision. Yeah. And, and I'm desperate to talk about how we book meetings. But before we do that, uh, we've got to talk about when should a, a recruiter try to book a meeting with a client? What, what in, your, in, your, in your sort of best practice book, when should a recruiter try and meet, try to meet a client? So I'm, I'm, I'm quite assertive on this. I, in most of our markets, so Venn Group have seven offices uh, across the UK. We work in multiple different uh, industries, lots of different sectors and lots of different spaces. What tends to get the best results is when we're quickly moving through a little bit of connectivity with the client, a little bit of connection. So we're explaining the reason for the call. We're, we're moving towards a position where we're starting to establish those needs and by needs i don't mean whether or not they're recruiting i mean specifically how satisfied or dissatisfied are they with the recruitment process how much do they believe that the service they're getting could be better and for so that becomes a really big element because for so many of our clients even if they tell you that that process and that service is fine there's a gap between where they are now and where they believe they could be yeah. So as soon as you establish that gap, that for me is then okay, 
let's explore this. I would love to get some time with you. I'd love to schedule some time to deepen that understanding so that we can see what that gap looks like together and see whether anything I've learned from working with people like you might help you close that gap in the future. You should be a, you should be a hypnotist. Your, your tone of voice is just making me go, I worship you, Ben. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I think the, I think so to build on what, what, what you've said is that when people talk about recruiters stuck in the, in the 90s, I often talk about recruiters stuck in the noughties because I think in the noughties, all it became about was the candidate. Mm-hmm. And if you had a candidate, then a client would want to meet with you. Mm-hmm. In today's world, the value of a candidate is relatively low. Uh, in most markets that Ben Group serves, in most markets that IT recruiters serve, anything where you've got a more or less an equilibrium of supply and demand, Mm-hmm. Your candidate just makes you the same as everybody else. And, and it's a bit like if you were uh, making a, a burger, right? And you, you were running a burger joint. And if your burger was identical as everyone else's burger, mm-hmm. it would all come down to price until you improve the environment. And that's where I look at like five guys. You know, mm-hmm. like how do they get away with charging twice uh-huh. McDonald's charge for pretty much the same product? Well, they, because what they've done is they've identified the, the dissatisfaction with the process and the delivery mechanism. And so, so you, you talked about what are the dissatisfactions with their recruitment process? And actually, if you look at the research around recruitment, I mean, you speak to anyone and you ask them, and this is my killer question, by the way, I always just ask clients a question every time. How does recruitment make you feel? Mm. Like just even my first business development call, they go, oh, we've got a PSL. And I go, great. How does recruitment make you feel? Because it's such an emotive experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something clients have got in their job spec, but they're not sitting there on Tuesdays between 10 and 11 going, oh, I'm not recruiting at the moment. I've got free time. It, it's just this world of pain that arrives in them, typically at the worst point of time. And you know, there's, 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 there's a story that I tell in, uh, in a lot of the training sessions that I do that relates to this. And it's, it's such a good point. And so, I love the way that you put it, Alex. Um, the story that it reminds me of is one of a client of mine, uh, a guy called Clive. And I was talking to him about his frustrations in the recruitment process. And I thought I was winning because he told me, Ben, the thing that really frustrates me in the recruitment process is the amount of time it takes. It's just, it, just, it just takes so much of my time. And I said, well, Clive, why don't we meet? And what I can do is I can discuss things that I've learned over the last couple of years with working with people like you to um, reduce or improve the amount of time that it takes you to recruit. So I, we can look at your time to hire and we can look at the amount of personal time you're investing in the process. Does that make sense for you to, to give me 30 minutes for us to get together and, and, and really bottom that out and see what we can do that might be able to have, uh, improve, make improvement for you in the future? And Clive said, no. And I said, I don't understand. I've done that. Like, I've worked this process before. Like, I understand where Clive's coming from. I understand his frustrations. I understand what he needs. But for some reason, offering him a reduction in the amount of time recruitment takes isn't landing and I couldn't understand it and um, what one of my trainers at the time said okay have you asked him the impact question I said what's the impact question he said what do you think the impact question I said well how does it impact you exactly so go oh, and he was a really annoying trainer that would never give you an answer they just ask <laughs> you questions I know could you imagine right <laughs> <laughs> and we're that people now <laughs> exactly so I go back to Clive I go back to Clive and I say Clive look when we spoke before you told me time's frustration for you I understand that you know you're not excited 
about the possibility of having a, a, a quicker recruitment process as it stands. But tell me, what's the impact of the time you spend on recruitment? And he said, well, every time I realize I've got to bring somebody into my team, I know that I'm going to have to call the guys and cancel golf on Saturday because there's no way I can deliver my job and the job that I need to recruit for and the recruitment process in my normal working hours. So Saturday morning is usually my golf time, but it's the time I catch up on my work. And I say, Clive, if I could find a way to, me, to ensure that you never have to cancel golf on a Saturday again, would that be something you'd be willing, me to, uh, willing to meet me about? And he asked me straight away, when are you free? And, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with a, a questioning technique called spin. Mm -hmm. uh, so spin, spin uh, questioning was created by a chap called Neil Rackham, who uh, is part of the Huthwaite group or formed the Huthwaite group off the back of it. And so for those that don't know, because Ben and I both know, uh, mm -hmm. spin is about the questions you ask the client. So S is the situational questions. So what's your recruitment process? How do you recruit? Uh, P is the problem question. So what do you like about recruitment? What do you dislike about recruitment? How does it, how does it impact your time? Uh, what, 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 what don't you like about recruitment? Uh, and I is the impact question that Ben, ben spoke about, which is the, what is the personal impact on me for not getting this? And this is where it moves, because when people talk about problems, it's an implicit need. Uh, it's an implicit need because we assume clients want to reduce the amount of time they spend recruiting. Uh, and it's a bit like when a client has a resignation, we ring up and go, do you want a CV? Do you want a CV? Do you want a CV? Uh, because we assume that they're going to want to replace where actually we don't know. So we should ring up and go, what's your impact of not having that person on board? How are you? Anyway, different, different, different video, isn't it, Ben? Uh, but, but, <laughs> but a very, very interesting topic. And it does relate back to this idea of meetings because what we're looking to do here is it's not good. It's not enough to identify for your clients simply that you do something that may be relevant to them. Relevancy is really only that first step, but it's that impact. It's where is the, how does this meeting, how do I go back from this meeting? And my manager says to me, or my boss says to me, or my director says to me, where have you been this morning? And I say, I've been with a recruiter. And they say, how, how was the meeting? You're, 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 the client you want to meet isn't going to say to the director, oh, it was great, I really liked meeting, they were really nice, really got on, they're really relevant for us. They're going to say, well, either it was useful, I've got an outcome that I understand, I've got a plan, we're going to, be, we're going to recruit better this year, or we're not. It's only the recruitment consultant that comes back to the office and says, he has a really, really, really good meeting. How do you know? Oh, well, I, I had fun. We got on great. We got yeah. on great. So we'll, we'll get on, the, we'll get on to the, we, 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 we know where we're going with this. So, uh, but, but I think the bit you dismiss, Ben, of the, the scenario you've given us is not the impact question, but it's, way, it's the, the N of spin is the need question. And it's repeating back to the client the need and saying, if I could help you overcome this problem, uh, how would you feel? Or if I could overcome this problem, would you be interested in talking to me? Because when a client says, this is a problem I need help with, we now have their permission to provide a solution. And, and for me, of the scenario you went through, that was the most powerful piece. Because once a client goes, yes, I would like to hear about a solution, their mind is open. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you can offer anything at that point. And that's where people often say, well, how do I sell retainers? And they go, well, it's just the same as selling exclusivity. Uh, you find the situation, find the problem, ask them how it's impacting them. 
And then you ask them whether you can solve those problems. And then whatever you say afterwards can be whatever you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we've got uh, at Vent Group, we use a, a, a very standard kind of diagnostic sales structure that kind of leads, um, that helps a, a consultant structure their conversation with a client, leading them through information, gathering, establishing need, confirming. And then this piece, business decision. I've looked at this for quite a long time and kind of received a lot of wisdom around, okay, so business decision is for the consultant to determine, do I want to meet this person or not? Well, let's face it. Most recruiters and most of the recruiters that I'm working with want to meet their clients. Like they, 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 they have a desire. They'd much rather sit down with them face to face and speak to them on the phone. So is the decision actually ours? There's a question here to say, you know, when you put that, what, if you've addressed the clients, if you've got the information right, if you've understood their need, if you've found that they've got a specific dissatisfaction in the recruitment process, and then you say, look, I help people let you overcome these problems. Would it make sense for us to get together to talk about this? If at that point, having given them that decision, they say yes, then, then we're on to a very different side of the cycle. And actually what we're looking to do then is explore the solution, having bottomed out the problem. The but what, problem you're doing is, what you're doing though is through that process is that before you book a meeting with a client, you are already aware of the need that they've got and the problem you're going to solve. And mm -hmm. one of the things you alluded to earlier was the fact that when you book a meeting, are you looking to add value or are you devaluing the meeting? Um, putting a face to a name uh, is is one of the worst reasons for a meeting you can you can you can have because all like the number I had a, I had, I had a, I'm not sure you've, sure you've had these experiences. I had someone in my team once on a Monday morning went, oh by the way I forgot to tell you we've got a visit in Yeovil, so we're in Bristol, and so I'm like I've got like 30 people about and I'm like well I'm the only one that can go on this. We go to we go to Yeovil and it's like from Bristol it's like a heinous journey. We yeah, get there yeah. and the, the office manager comes out and goes, yeah, I'm really pleased to meet you. It's a great to put a face to a name. And they go, yeah, it's great to put a face to a name. And we sit down and after five minutes, they go, well, thanks for putting a face to a name. And they get up and leave. And I'm just like, oh, no. Like, like they, they don't book it if it's not going to be a business meeting. You know, you, that's, oh, I, I tell you what, we walked out of that meeting and they, they knew that they wouldn't want to do that again. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, the, the really powerful thing here is again, and it, it should tell us so much about everything we do as recruiters, as salespeople, actually, as people, there is this really big element where we have the tendency to reduce the price. And we, we think about that in negotiation in terms of discounting. We don't often think about that in other ways. But as we say, with this, reducing the cost of a meeting is this idea of face to an aim or I'm in the area. So therefore, it's going to cost me less. Your prospect, your client doesn't care what it costs you to attend the meeting. Actually, if you're only popping in on them because you're in the area, again, as you say, we're devaluing. So some phrases that I work with, some areas that I talk to consultants about, are why don't we remind the client what this is for? Once we've identified that they've got a problem, why don't we offer them a detailed consultative discussion? Why don't we offer them the opportunity to collaborate on those issues to see if anything we've learned may address some of those for them in the future. Let's remove some of those obvious objections around time and around, I don't want you to rock up and tell me how great you are, I don't need that. It all stems, the whole process and everything we've talked about so far really stems from thinking a little bit like a marketer, right? Thinking about your client's perspective first. Yeah. Um, 
And there's a, there's a great podcast that I listen to frequently uh, called The Marketing Book Weekly. And it's specifically about new ideas in the world of marketing. I learned so much from listening to the authors. Marketing of Book Weekly. It's on my list. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great listen. So, he, so the guy, the, the host, uh, Doug Burdett, will interview authors of sales books and marketing books. He's interviewed um the authors of uh spin selling and challenger sale and, and those kinds of books as well as a whole host of more specifically marketing focused books i think the most recent one i've got on my queue to listen to is um a, is around the the transparency sale which is a great great book uh so there's some elements here that really just put us in the mind of what does my client want first before i try and achieve any of my objectives and we've talked about it but it isn't about candidate that isn't the thing that changes that that makes you win or enables you to win preference it may enable you to win acceptance your client may accept your cvs but for them to prefer you you need to show value through service and that service typically boils down to better return on their investment across their recruitment spend yeah. better time it's also it's believing it's believing that you genuinely care you know, I often believe, and, and that preference for me is, I think is, comes down to their belief in your intent. So I always think the most powerful, the first, the most, one of the most powerful, there's two powerful actions that you do with a client. The first one is the first CV you ever send to a vacancy. Like mm -hmm. if you, you're promised, you basically you're talking hot air until they see that first CV. So that's first most important interaction. The second most important interaction is, the first time you withdraw someone from a process mm. where you go, you know what? I don't think you should progress this person. And at that moment, they believe you genuinely care about the right person. And often I would engineer that into my process whereby, you know, when you're, you know, when you're presenting a CV to the client and you get, they ask you a couple of questions and you know where that's going. Mm -hmm. like, and so what I often do is quite quickly, I'd go, Ben, let me stop you there. I think based on that question, I think we should withdraw the candidate from the process because of this. And the client goes, no, 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 don't be hasty. And I go, no, I think this is where it's going. And on, the, on the, that answer, I think we should withdraw them. And suddenly they see me being more selective than them. Uh, and it totally changes their perception of, 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 of our role. Uh, we're, we're, oh, this is really annoying. We're sort of almost at time. Uh, and my mission is always to make sure these podcasts don't go much above 30 minutes. Uh, Quick one, Ben. How do you measure success from a client meeting? What should you look for as the output for you to think, yes, it's worth your time. It's worth what you've, uh, what you've taken out of your day. Sure. To use another visualization, and I use these a lot, you can probably tell, but when your client agrees to book a meeting with you and your client agrees to give you their time, they're giving you some trust. They're, they're taking something from here and they're, they're giving it to you. And what they leave, what they, what's left is a space. We feel this whenever we make any big purchase. We feel this kind of gap. We sometimes talk about it as buyer's remorse or those sorts of things. And into that gap where our trust used to be, where our confidence used to be, grow the weeds of anxiety or distrust or concern or doubt. So as a recruiter, as a salesperson, as, a, as an individual, whatever we're doing, we need to make sure that once we've taken that trust, we put something in that gap, something in that hole that leaves that person feeling like 
the trust and the anxiety are protected. If you think about it like weeds growing in that hole, we want to put the weed killer down. We want to seal that off and make sure that no doubt can grow in there. And for me, the biggest thing for that then is a plan. What following this meeting with your client are you going to agree that you can potentially do for them? Now, that plan could be next step, further conversation, other stakeholders, broaden the conversation, or it could be when you next recruit, if you give me the call, this is specifically what you're going to get and this is how we're going to safeguard your time, your money and the quality of people we put in front of you. Fantastic. So what you're basically, if I was working for you and I came back from a meeting, you'd want to know the needs I found and what I'm going to do to solve those needs and how I'm going to demonstrate that going forward. Yeah, and it's a, it's, when you put it like that, it sounds terrifying to a new consultant. I imagine some of your members and some of the uh, guys watching this will be thinking, crikey, how do you do that in, a, in a, a, what could be your second conversation with a client? But here's the thing. Go and ask the right questions. Listen to your client. Let the client know that what you want to do is leave them with a plan, that the meeting is engineered to give them a plan. If you do that, they will come with you and they will answer those questions because we talked a lot about client dissatisfaction in recruitment. And one of the big things here is that clients don't want to be dissatisfied by recruitment. They don't want to be sold to, and they don't want to be lied to, but they do want somebody. If you ask any business leader, would your, how would it change your life? How would it feel if you had a recruiter you could trust, you could rely on that to deliver a service that saves you time, money and improves the quality of your recruitment and they want that so when you meet those clients and you just ask simple questions what's your problem what have you done to solve it what haven't you done to solve it what do you think would work best next you can leave the conversation having given them their own answers but laying out a plan to achieve that and and without having to contribute too much of your own experience providing you're credible in that meeting and in my, in my experience, the best recruiters are the ones that have relentlessly sought out clients that want that service. Too many recruiters are out there looking for jobs rather than looking for clients that want to work in partnership. And, and so that's, I mean, I, my, my big thing is business development, and that's where I spend most of my time. Uh, but the background to business development is it gives you the choice to work with people that you feel want to work with you too. Uh, and... And, and if you've got, if you do that and you give the client a plan and then they still ghost you and they still don't want to work with you, you can still work with them, but then find someone that does want to value you for what you, for what you do. So you still there, Ben? Yeah. Are you still there? I am. Yeah. Yeah. The image, the image is frozen. So, uh, fantastic. yeah, I think we've got a little bit. I've got a little lag. Okay, no worries. So, so Ben, as we uh, as we as we begin to wrap up uh, the, the the podcast, in fact, let's let's pause for a second and let it catch up. So, do you want to, if you kill your image and then restart uh -huh. your image, we'll then do the wrap up. Yeah. Oh, you're back. So, so okay. I'm just going to do this a minute. Hang on. Let's turn it back on. Okay. It will, it will come back up in a minute. If you put the image back on. Okay. Yeah, got it. Cool. Right. So I'm just going to clap because it's for the post-production guy. So oh, we could talk about visits all, all day, Ben. Uh, but, and it's been fantastic to talk to you. And, and 
I think the way you articulated it reminds me of not only is this what you believe, but I know within your organization they do because I've met people that, that talk about visits uh, in the same way. So, uh, so firstly, I guess if you're looking for your first job in, in recruitment, definitely consider the Venn Group because they are a fantastic uh, uh, place to learn how to, how to, how to do it. Uh, and, uh, but from a, from a personal perspective, Ben, where do people find you? Uh, and how would you like people to, to get in touch? Yeah, uh, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty active on there. As you mentioned, we kind of connected there first, and I'll always be sharing lots of ideas and really welcoming questions, challenges. As I said right at the start, one of the things that I think about every day is the challenges that recruiters face and, and then what I can do to, to help them with those. So reach out to me um, and, and get in touch. But also, yeah, uh, the opportunity to, or take the opportunity to, look at the Ben Group website if you're interested in potentially coming and joining us. No worries. Well, it's been great to, uh, it's been great to see you, Ben, and thank you very much for contributing. And feel free to uh, jump in the recruiting gym. Uh, we have lots of podcasts like this and recordings and video recordings of this as well. So we will see you soon. Bye. Wow. How cool was Ben? He was fantastic. Just speaking to Ben made me super excited about being in recruitment. It's amazing to hear sometimes people explaining the same thing that you believe in a totally different way. Uh, And so I learned loads from Ben and hopefully you picked up a few tips and tricks uh, as well. Remember, you can listen to the replay by just following the subscribe button on the podcast or join us in the recruiting gym where we can help you learn and achieve your goals. We look forward to seeing you in the gym soon. Bye.